My name is Ed Peters, and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today in Matthew chapter 24, moving on to verses 23 through 31. Now, here in these verses, Jesus assures his disciples that he is coming again, and he gives them the sign of his coming. These verses deal with the nation Israel, referred to as the elect, and it takes place immediately after the tribulation. Christ's second coming to the earth. Here are these verses, and Matthew writes, Then if anyone tells you the Messiah has arrived at such and such a place, or has appeared here or there, don't believe it, for false Christ shall arise, and false prophets, and will do wonderful miracles, so that if it were possible, even God's chosen ones would be deceived. See, I have warned you. So, if someone tells you the Messiah has returned and is out in the desert, don't bother to go and look. Or that he is hiding at a certain place, don't believe it. For as the lightning flashes across the sky from east to west, so shall my coming be, when I, the Messiah, return. And wherever the carcass is, there the vultures will gather." Immediately after the persecution of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers overshadowing the earth will be convulsed. And then, at last, the sign of my coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning all around the earth, and the nations of the world will see me arrive in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And I shall send forth my angels with the sound of a mighty trumpet blast, and they shall gather my chosen ones from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. 
the disciples asked Jesus for some clues as to the end of the age, that is, the close of history as we know history. Jesus' answer is recorded by Matthew in chapter 24 of the first gospel. It is clear from Jesus' words that there will be a virtual explosion of wickedness. That will be one of the greatest marks of the coming end. Satan works much harder as God seems to withdraw his restraining hand as we near the end. Evil seems to take over. The revival of old sins and the creation of new ones is a landmark of our time. Many sins once condemned even by the courts of our land are now not only openly practiced and condoned but protected by the law. Sins once condemned by society are now promoted by society. And I'm sorry to say sins once condemned by the church are now openly and freely practiced by many of its adherents, in some cases not only with the church's approval, but with the church's blessing. The Lord once said in effect, Woe to those who call right wrong and wrong right. It seems in our day that sin is not called that by some false prophets, as Jesus called them here. Sin is right, and that which is right is called wrong by those impostors. We can expect that practice to continue and escalate as the world rushes toward its end. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have imagined that in ten short years, many sins would be not only condoned but encouraged by religious leaders. In this 24th chapter, Jesus several times warns his people of false Christs and false prophets. But the greatest imposter is yet to come. We can, therefore, expect still greater perversion of the truth, especially in religion and in morals, as the false teachers and leaders proliferate. That there are already in, on the scene many impostors who are perverting religious truth and morals is so obvious that it need hardly be mentioned. But the greatest is yet to come. I should focus for just a moment on verse 25. Jesus said, For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. That word if, I believe, does not refer to the probability or even the possibility of deceiving the elect. That is, those who have received the Lord during those terrible tribulation times. I believe the Bible teaches clearly that those who have the life of Christ are secure and will not be deceived. This if refers rather to the intent of the deceivers. They intend to deceive, if possible, the very elect. That's their wish, the intent and hope. But the elect are held in God's hand, and no one can take them out of that not even the greatest imposter. Once sin has had its day and brought this planet to the point of global suicide, then the Lord steps down from heaven and enters our space again. I begin with verse 29. Jesus said, Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time the Son of Man will appear in the sky 
and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the sign of the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. That's chapter 24, 29 to 31. Once sin has almost succeeded in global annihilation, once all these signs Jesus has listed have come together, then immediately the Lord will return to consummate the whole matter. I believe this is what Jesus may have meant in verse 28. He says, whenever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. As these birds with their extremely keen vision don't miss the carrion on earth, so Jesus will see the death and destruction and will step in just at the right time. Evidently, the second coming of the Lord in judgment upon sin will be accompanied by cosmic signs in the sky. There was a time when I wondered if verse 29 should be taken literally or figuratively. Perhaps expressions like the sun darkened or the moon not giving light or the stars falling from the heavens referred to human governments or something similar. But I now have a tendency to take these expressions literally, to refer to actual cosmic disturbances. In view of what's happening in the heavens, such as black holes and supernovas, I tend to believe that we should take these biblical expressions seriously as they appear, literally. John in Revelation 6, 12-13 writes, The sun turned black. The whole moon turned blood red and the stars in the sky fell. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Similar words are found in Revelation 8.12. Great physical disturbances and upheavals occur, and Christ's return will not be to some private in-group. It will be visible like lightning, and he will gather his elect, all who have received the life of Christ during those tribulation days, from all over the world where they have been scattered. Evidently, Christ's return will be seen by all. And Jesus said that the nations would mourn. They see the coming, and they then realize the truth of his return, and they know that their judgment is about to take place. They mourn over lost opportunities. They could have received Christ's life, but they missed it. They had seen the signs, but they didn't impact them. And now it was too late. Jesus makes a point of this again later in this chapter, and I'll come back to it tomorrow. It is a frightening prospect to miss the opportunity to receive the Savior and to hear the words, too late. I can't think of any greater reason to mourn than that, to miss the opportunity of receiving the Lord. But we're still on this side of the end. There is still time. Don't miss it.
News, a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.